Hey guys, let's let's have a meeting. It's it's seven o'clock, but I think more people will roll in. <clears throat> Good evening. This is the regular meeting of AA, or this is the regular meeting of All In Group of Alcoholics Anonymous. My name is Matt, and I'm an alcoholic. Let us open the meeting with a moment of silence to do with as you wish, followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. The preamble. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. Singleness of purpose. This is a closed meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous in support of AA's singleness of purpose, attendance at a closed meeting is limited to persons who, who have a desire to stop drinking. If you think you have a problem with alcohol, you are welcome to attend this meeting. We ask that when discussing our problems, we confine ourselves to those problems as they relate to alcoholism. The 12 steps. I have asked a friend to read the 12 steps of AA. Brett, hey, Brett. These are the 12 steps of alcoholics. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood them. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Admitted to, five, admitted to God to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you, Brett. The timekeeper. At this group, it is custom to have a spiritual timekeeper to ensure that we are staying on track. The lead has 10 minutes to share, and all other group members have three minutes to share. The timekeeper will give you a one-minute notice when you have one minute remaining left for your share. Is there anyone who would like to volunteer to be our spiritual timekeeper tonight? I'll do it. <gasps> Thank you. Introductions. Is there anyone here attending their very first meeting of AA or just recently coming back to AA who thinks they have a problem with alcohol? At this point, we would like to introduce ourselves however you wish to do so. My name is Matt, and I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Sean, alcoholic. Hey, Sean. Sid, alcoholic. Sid. I'm Paul, I'm an alcoholic. Paul. I'm Steve, I'm an alcoholic. Steve. Brody, alcoholic. Brody. Max, I'm an alcoholic. Max. 
Tex. Topic lead. It is this group's format to have a topic lead and designate someone to speak for 10 minutes on the topic. Tonight, I have asked Terry to do our lead on the topic of his choice. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, Matt. Hey, I'm Terry. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Terry. So Matt called me, I guess it was last week, and left me a message, and I did not want to return his fucking call. Because <laughs> he said I needed to do some service work. Yeah, you did. So I appreciate that. But I had that hesitancy. And then I went through this day. It was crazy, hectic day at work. So I told my wife walking out the door, I said, I don't know what I want to talk about. Can you help me out? She said, why don't you go talk about anger? <laughs> so I'm not going to talk about anger. But she was right about, about anger would be a really good thing to talk about. <laughs> um, I think uh, tonight I wanted to talk about like a, a spiritual experience as a result of the working the steps and the 12 steps. And, you know, I think that's what we're promised. Um, obviously, when we work through the steps is to have the spiritual experience and then to carry the message. Um, I think that leads me to a lot of gratitude today because most of the people that I associate with um, just naturally are, are people that are in recovery. Um, it's not that I have put other folks out of my life. I've got great friends that still get high and do their thing or whatever, but most of the people that I, that I, that I you know, spend quality time with or that I seek guidance from are, are people in, in AA. Um, you know, before I got here, I didn't even give a shit about that, that honesty that we, that we have in here, that, that uh, openness that we have with each other, um, the ability to tell people when you don't know something. Um, I really struggled with that for a long time with, you know, when I was drinking and using, of, of trying to act like I was in control of everything. And, um, you know, working through the steps and having a spiritual awakening um, really, it, it's so freeing. And so sometimes, I, I don't know, I guess we talk about that quite a bit, I'm not sure, but it's just, um, it's a powerful thing and it's different for everybody. Um, I've been... I've got a, a family member who's been struggling a lot with, with addiction and this disease. And uh, Barry's been trying to talk to him a little bit. And I've been trying to talk to him. And we were talking about, you know, his things aren't going well in his marriage. He's having difficulty with his daughter. This is going on. That's going on. And he's got a great sponsor. And he was talking to me about, you know, the fourth step. And what do I do? What do I do? You know, and I was like, you got to fucking do the step, you know, because he's asking me you know, help with that or whatever. Um, but all that to say, that's somebody that I talk to on a regular basis in the program. Um, somebody that I, you know, that I care about. Um, somebody that I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, to pick up the phone when he calls. Um, willing to do the things that are necessary to try to, to be of service in the program. Um, you know, I don't know if I have 10 minutes on that tonight, but that's what's really been on my mind is the fact that what we're, you know, what we're given as a result of working the steps of AA. Um, and then, you know, practicing the principles in all your affairs is, is rather difficult. Um, it's not something that I consciously think of all the time. I wish I, I, wish I was at that, that level. Um, you know, I don't always stop to, stop to pause and pray and reset, um, start my day over again and those kinds of things. I still feel like I rush through sometimes and I don't think about 
my higher power. But what I'm grateful for today is that I, I have a higher power. Um, and, and I know that when I slow down a little bit and I try to, to, to get a sense of God, um, that God's there. Um, but it really, like I said earlier, it's, it's, for me, it's, it's, it's being around guys in the program. It's being around, it's being able to be vulnerable. It's being able to talk about these things. Um, it's being able to be of use. And I think when you work the steps, you know, you're of use. You can be of use. Um, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a powerful thing to be able to, to, to have people, and I don't know the miracle, I don't say this out of ego, but to have people call you and ask you for a suggestion. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not something that I had before I came into this program. I didn't have the ability to think beyond myself. And, um, you know, today for me, um, that's just a big, a big deal. Um, you know, being, a, being able to be of service, being able to be of help inside and outside of these rooms, being able to be a son, being able to be a husband, being able to be, a, you know, a cousin, all of those things as a result of working the steps of AA. So I'm not going to talk for 10 minutes because I would be bullshitting if I did. But I really, w- I've just been reflecting a lot on the steps and how, you know, what we're given when we work the steps um, and what we're, you know, what we're promised. And, and then after that, the, you know, the willingness and the commitment to carrying the message to other alcoholics who are suffering. And I just, I th- you know, I just, I'm grateful for that today. So if there's a topic in a spiritual awakening a spiritual experience you know if you want to share on that tonight that would be awesome and thank you guys for uh having me at the meeting the meeting is now open please be considerate of the time you share so that all who wish to do so will have the opportunity to share the meeting's now open Two and a half hour drive there back, or two and a half hour there, two and a half hour back, and I was only there for like four and a half hours. And the things that I got to do while I was there, I right when I got there, I met some friends that I was in treatment with down there at a AA meeting. The counselor that kicked me out of the treatment center was there. The my grand sponsor, my first grand sponsor was there, and a lot of like the guys that were at the treatment center that I'd gotten kicked out of were there and I got to just talk to so many people and see a lot of people and spent some time with a lot of friends, went to the funeral and then there were like six other guys that I didn't know that were going to be there that I was in treatment with that were all there and we got, I, at once the funeral was over we kind of just stood, stood outside and <clears> talked <throat> for like two hours, you know, a couple hours before we all got in our cars and everybody went home. Um, but. The first thing that I realized was the I'd gotten to, into that town and I'd never driven there before. So I got dropped off by my parents and you had to have a bike. You had to ride a bike everywhere through that entire town. So I've never driven this town before. So that was a really weird, not a spiritual experience, but a weird experience. Um, figuring out, you know, 
how different that place was. Um, but it was just a very like reminiscing on where I was in early sobriety and in my first with the city, you know, the town where I had my first relapse and the lessons that I learned in my first things, in my first like nine months of trying to get sober and seeing where I am today was kind of a kind of a little bit of a whirlwind of emotions along with the funeral and things like that and um, you know giving I, I had they asked me to write a letter to his name's Joe my first mom hit to Joe's two-year-old son which was a really hmm. um, hard thing to do because um, obviously I have a two-year-old too and so that was just a weird hmm. situation um, and kind of you know it was a really hard letter to write um, but it but it really kind of circled things up for me and reminded me of like why I'm still here, why I'm supposed to be doing what I'm doing, um, and that I was able to have that opportunity to go there, be of service in the meeting, talk to you know other people that are still in the program, and just like remember why I still do what I'm supposed to be doing here. Um, and for me, I mean, it was just it was very pow powerful for me, and uh, I was I was grateful that I was able to go do that still sober to have that opportunity to go do that um so that's all i have to share on that. thanks brett i'm john I'm not hey john you know thank you chair for that lead it's good to see you and hear you always uh when you first started when you said spiritual experience i was getting confused with spiritual awakening and spiritual awakening, like light moment, they all, I get under pressure really quick to, oh God, have I had one, have I had one, and you know, all that. So I was relieved that it was about the steps in the experience. Because, um, you know, these steps are, they're, they're a guide for living. They're, it's the toolbox I've never had. Like every, to me, every problem has a solution and it's in the steps. No matter what it is, if, if it's my professional life or personal life, AA life, anything, it's in the steps. Um, when I when I first came in, old timers then would tell you if you're not working a step, you're not sober. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I believe that. And and you know, eventually I got away from believing that. But um, I just, you know, the steps are they're the the meat and potatoes of this. Thing we call AA or this group we're in, and you know I'm very grateful for them as well. I don't, I don't know what I would do without them. Like they keep me sober in many ways. Things I've learned how to cope with living in people, places, and things have kept me sober, and have kept me have kept other people around me alive, have kept me alive, that type of thing. And um, I'm just real glad. Yeah, real glad I stumbled on and uh, great topic. Thanks. Thanks, John. Paul, is that hey, Paul. Um, kind of like uh, John mentioned, when I when I first heard, you know, your your lead, I was like, oh, man, a white light moment. I'm like, I don't know, but life's pretty good now. But I don't think I've had that. And, I, and I, I, every time I hear somebody talk about that spiritual awakening, I kind of do the same thing. I even fall into that category. Um, but as far as you know, the spiritual experience that I've had 
doing the steps, um, you know, this most recent time coming back into the program, um, really is the first time I've, I've really gotten to experience what the steps can do for you. And I've been coming and sitting in these chairs now for like 17 years. And I just, looking back on it, you know, I just did it so shallowly. I just, I just did not want to give the program my all. And so I just didn't get out of it what everybody else was getting out of it. And I just, you know, took that as frustration. And, and at different points in my life as I came in and out, you know, I came back in knowing that it wasn't going to work for me. I'll fucking do it anyway. Um, and this last time, I mean, I just got scared enough. I mean, I was just terrified at the way my life was going to end pretty soon. Um, and unfortunately for me, I had to be that terrified to really give it my all. <clears throat> Holy shit. You know, it's like I finally got to see some of the things that people were talking about for 17 damn years that when I sat in this chair at 17 years old, I was like, what are these old guys smoking these cigarettes? They fucking look miserable. Like, <laughs> talking all this shit. But, um, you know, I, uh, I really have gotten to be present with my family. One minute. Christmas this year was an amazing experience that I got to worry and, and care for my family and what they needed. And it wasn't about what I needed or I wasn't secretly trying to and put out some crazy fire in my life or check in with my probation officer, whatever the case may be. Um, and this topic really also, it got me thinking about something that happened yesterday or this weekend. And my fiance was like, you always apologize to either me or anybody else quickly when you say something out of line or you do something. She's like, I noticed that you always like immediately try to apologize and that is something that the program does for me I don't carry around that guilt anymore you know I'm not afraid to be the bigger person and go say when I'm wrong um, and that's because of what this program has done for my life thanks for letting me share thanks Paul to do, just troll it up on them. 
really cool to be in that position and even like help take care of those people. Thanks, Thanks, well. My name's Tyler, I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Tyler. Hey, Tyler. Thank you for the lead. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Um, I was thinking about uh, the 12 step. I can remember coming out, I can remember reading Spiritual Awakening and seeing that in steps and hearing people talk about Spiritual Awakening and thinking, like, that sounds like a bunch of sci fi bullshit. Like, what does that even mean? And, uh, like, I had no, and to quickly follow by, I definitely didn't come here to have any kind of spiritual relationship or anything with God or any kind of spiritual being. It was, I just wanted to stop, get arrested, and go to rehab and all the shit that came with alcohol and drugs for me. Um, but what I found is that, like, in spite of me, in spite of, like, my better judgment, my knowing everything and knowing what I need to do, like, if I worked the steps with the sponsor, which I did, and we read the book, and as we went to the work and I worked the steps, it's like, I got that result. It's like, they always talk about it's like a cake, but baking a cake. It's like you follow the ingredients step by step by step and you get this, like if you follow her, you get this result. And, uh, you know, spiritual awakening, spiritual experience, like I never, like I really, I really don't care. Like at the end of the book, you know, in appendix two, spiritual experience, says personality change sufficient to bring about recovery, AKA I'm not the same person that I used to be. Like, and I can remember like, thinking back to like the person where I used, I can remember I was leaving this rehab that I was at and they pulled me aside and like, what are you doing? I was like, I, 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 gotta, I gotta go, I'm getting out of here. Like, where are, you, where are you going? I didn't have that plan figured out because uh, no one would come to South Carolina to pick me up. But uh, and, like, I couldn't even talk to these people. Like I was so fear and insecure. And I can remember fast forward four or five months and I'm sharing meetings and I'm sharing meetings and like, it's like this person that doesn't even resemble the person that was at the same place five months ago. And it's like, that's exactly what this is. It's like, a, it's a personality change that makes me sick. So, and like, I'm not the same person I used to be. And as a result, like, thank you. As a result, that's what I get by doing the work. And as quickly as, or as easily as I can go through the steps and have that result, like, it can easily vanish just like that when I stop doing it. And that's something I have to remember is like, if I'm not like continuing to do the work and staying in the solution, um, and for me, like that looks like reworking the steps and sponsoring guys and staying in this shit, like and coming to meetings regularly, and working with a sponsor. It's because if I don't do that, like I get sick and I'll hold on to resentments, I'll hold on to shit, and I'll start thinking I'm right. I won't say I'm wrong, you know what I mean? I'll hold that shit with me, um, and I'll do. I just become sick, and uh, like I, I'm given the solution. That's what this is. It's the steps and getting. Thank you. You know, I think sometimes that story, <clears throat> the big book about the, the kind of the white light experience, <clears throat> kind of sets an expectation that most people don't reach. I, I mean, I, I don't know any. I don't know anybody else who's had it that way. And I know for me, kind of like awakening. You know, in the morning. I do not pop right out of bed. I mean, I kind of like hit the snooze button and I pick up my phone and look at it and I finally stumble and finally get out of bed and make it to the kitchen and get coffee. And at some point within the next hour or two, I'm awake. It does not happen immediately. And I almost feel like that's what it's like for, you know, <clears throat> and, and like where, where, did it, where did it start? I mean, for me, I know 
when I was at my lowest point, I was laid on my living room floor and said, actually said out loud, God, I don't want to live like this anymore. And I got it, and something told me to get up and go call Richland Springs, and I went and checked myself in, and that's where I was introduced to the program. You know, and, and so to me, that was part of the, that, you know, that was the start of the spiritual awakening uh, for, for me. And it has come through through the steps. Um, and like, uh, like the way Tyler put it, you know, the person I am before I got here, and the person I was before I got here, and the person I am now is, is night and day. On, on Sunday, my dad called me. He was 86, he was still in really good health. And he and his wife were, are doing some revised estate planning. And he said, we want to talk to you about something. And he said, like, we have all the end of life decisions for each other, but if one of us goes, we want you to have the end of life decision on the, the, the remaining one. And I went, and, and, and they said, you're the only one we trust to do it. And I'm like, 15 years ago, they would never have fucking <laughs> You know? And, and it, was, it was one of those things. And, and, and I actually, after it was done, I like called Terry and was talking to him about it. I said, I said, you know, that's like, that's like pretty amazing that, that, it, that it has come to that. I mean, I was estranged from my family when I got here. And, um, and there's three other kids. And my dad's wife is not my mother. She has her own daughters, and she's like, we want you. And I was like, you know, and I was like, wow, what a, what a change. What a different person I am than when I got here. And, and again, like Paul, Paul said, it, that's what the program does for us. And that all pass. Thanks, Perry. My name is Andrew. I'm Andrew. Andrew. Um, yeah, Greg Lee, thanks, Terry. Um, you know, I, I really took out the gratitude and, and the spiritual awakening for me. Right now, for me, is, is an everyday being grateful for today. And, you know, four months ago or four and a half, whatever it is today, like, I mean, I was rock bottom, right? And so it's close <clears throat> enough that from the from the rock bottom where I can still remember, you know, I can still feel it, I can still taste it, right? I can still have that anxiety. And to be able to do Valentine's Day with my two boys, right? And been jacked up on sugar from school today, literally just drove me insane after dinner, like, it's great. I get to have some adult time. Come to an AA meeting. It's perfect, right? It's also an escape from my kids, right? But I'm grateful that I have that opportunity because without these rooms, without working the steps, and and really trying to change who I am, I mean, you got to quit drinking, and that's the first step, right? But then it's truly admitting that you're powerless, and then taking that next step, and the next step, like as you're going through them you do admit that you're wrong, right? And I admit I'm wrong all the time. Um, I try to do it less to my wife because she lets me know how often I'm wrong. But at the end of the day, I'm in a better place because I've worked the steps and because I've stayed sober. And because of those things, I'm grateful for the things that are coming and the things that happen every day. It's, it literally is the promises that we read at the end of every meeting, where it's like, do we think, you know, this is impossible, or whatever the word is, and it's like, we do not, right? I wholeheartedly believe that, I do not. I, I believe that all these things can come to me, and can come to anybody that wants to truly commit themselves to this program. So 
Thanks, Andrew. I'm Ed, alcoholic. Ed. Great lead, Terry. Thank you. Um, the, the steps really were um, the, all the difference for me. Um, I think, uh, you know, I didn't do those back in 2012 when I got out of rehab and I didn't really connect with people in rooms. Working the steps really, um, you know, the, the first time I, did, I didn't get past the first step really. Um, and but where I really probably had the first kind of spiritual experience within the steps, I think, still wasn't like a burning bush, bright light thing, but the resentment piece, I didn't really think I was that resentful, fourth step, that, but as I put all that on paper and then had to kind of think about my part, um, it uh, really was kind of, um, a revelation to to uh, be able to let go some of those things that I didn't even realize I was holding on to and drinking over in the end um, and and so now I've worked 12 steps and working on with a couple sponsees and my sponsor wants to go back through the steps so that's interesting going back through the steps um, you know a year and a half into this and just having a different um, one thing that I realized last week, I've um, kind of been in, in limbo with some pending charges and then I knew the charges, or I had a pretty good idea the charges were going to get dropped and they get dropped last week and so I should have been just like overwhelmingly thankful and grateful, but I was kind of like this thinking it's been two years and I've had to deal with all this stuff. And then I was like trying to reconcile these feelings of like I can finally move on with my life and thankful. And then it just dawned on me actually. One minute. Today I was leading this little lawyer Zoom call and um, I wanted to talk about resentments because that has been, you know, in the big book it says the number one killer of alcoholics. And I, I know how that was so impactful for me going through my resentments and I look forward to doing that again this second round of going through the steps. But it just dawned on me that that was really a resent I was holding on to resentments. You know, I mean life's not fair and instead of just being grateful and recognizing if things didn't happen the way they happened, maybe I wouldn't have had the time to focus on my sobriety. And really it just it, looking through things in that light, even looking at my, my first time of uh, not working the steps, I mean, I, I didn't get to that resentment piece, and I was resentful of everybody that drank. And now I truly feel like sobriety is a gift, and um, I don't really have any resentment around it, so I'm just so thankful to be part of this program. Thank you all for sharing. Thank you. <laughs> hey Sean, I'm calling. Hey Sean. Uh, hey, Sean. Thanks, Terry. Uh, got me thinking. Um, I've I've been uh, uh, in my head a little bit lately uh, about I've got a birthday coming up. I'll be 49. I know it's hard to believe because I look so young. Uh, but you know, I think I, I I'm starting to think about different things. And I thought, I mean, like 20 years ago, I thought about you know running a leg and getting drunk. Um, <laughs> But, you know, the last few years, uh, you consume with having, you know, raising kids and stuff and trying to be a somewhat decent husband. 
And I realized, like, I was, I was reading something not too long ago. This, this, this author was talking about men, how we how you kind of divided our lives up into thirds. And your first, your first third, you're, he called it getting right. Uh, that's when you have, you're kind of learning how to be a man. And in your second third of your life is about, really should be about leading right, how you're leading your community, your family, whatever. And in the third third, which is the third that I'm about to enter, is, uh, is about leaving right. And when I think about the 12 steps, uh, the 12th step, uh, I think about the, the legacy we're all leaving. You know, the legacy is something that when you're gone, it's still here, right? The, the letter you write to the two-year-old to explain what's going on, why you, know, why you don't have a dad anymore, that he may read when he's 20. Uh, you know, the, the way we raise our children or, or giving back. I'm so thankful. There's so many guys in this room who give back to their community. They're changing occupations there. Starting to lead groups, they're you know they're they're taking meetings to prisons. There you know there's just so much in this room and other rooms that we're in that that men are getting involved in their community. And so I've really been thinking about this stuff a lot. Like you know I've been challenged to to you know what am I doing? You know and 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 uh, the happiest I've ever been was when I was was really involved uh, working with guys who were right off the street. And it was a couple of years where I had a lot of free time and was doing that. Um, so I've been chat. You guys have been challenging me to kind of carry the message, and and I want to be the hand of AA. You know, I want to, I want to, you know, always be there. And and I know I have a lot to to learn, and I can grow a lot in that area. But I wanted to kind of thank you One guys minute. for being a really good example of that. I'm not going to name any names because you know who you are. But uh, I just see so much giving back, and it's really challenged me to to give back more. Um, you know, people spent a lot of time on me. I was not a one-hit wonder. I picked up a lot of white chips, and so I'm just really thankful that no one gave up on me and, and that people poured themselves in me. Guys really, really, really took a lot of time to, for me to get right because I was really fucking sick, man. But anyways, thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Terry, for being here, man. Thanks, Sean. John Bushberger, I'm an alcoholic. Hey, John. If anybody doesn't know, in the back of the big book, Appendix 2, there's a um, spiritual, you know, definition of spiritual experience, spiritual awakening. Uh, it's about a page and a half, and they talk about the difference um, between the sudden variety and the educational variety. Most of us experience the educational variety, but uh, and I'm not sure if this is actually written in a big book or if it's just from the Joe and Charlie tapes where they define it as a person is able to do something, feel something, um, or see something that they were unable to do before. You're shaking your head. It's in a book. It's in a book. Yeah. I read that book a lot. Um, so um, the first example of that is that I am able to see the truth about alcohol. Um, and how it affects me. And so um, and I'm really glad you talked about that because uh, about the non-alcoholic beer because like from this seat over here, like I can see that um, that's like a heroin addict, you know, going to the shooting gallery and cooking up some non-opiate, <laughs> you know, heroin and mm. just because he misses hanging out, you know, with mm. the other addicts, you know. And uh, I'm glad you felt that tingle because there's a lot of people who do that and 
don't feel bad, and so they get comfortable doing it, and one day they pick up a drink. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, and that's not to, you know, I'm not busting your balls, I'm just trying to point out that um, um, I didn't have, you know, I got sober before they had non-alcoholic beer, so thank God, you know, uh, I never had to deal with that. But, um, but, you know, like after that first ability to see the truth about my drinking, like then I started, you know, learning to work the steps in the rest of my life, and I could see the truth about me being an asshole, you know? Um, and then I learned to do, you know, like the spiritual axioms. Um, whenever I'm disturbed, there's something wrong with me. And um, the chief activator of my character defects is self-centered fear. So one day I started putting those two things together in my head as things were happening, I would be disturbed, and I was like, I'm disturbed, what's wrong with me? What am I afraid of? And I could see it, you know, like, oh shit, you know, and I would stop acting like an asshole before I did it, you know, and then we were talking about before the meeting, then one day I was sitting across the table from a client who was pissed off because things weren't going well, and I realized he's disturbed, he's fearful of something. Oh shit, um, you know, it, you know, uh, and, and so I could, um, I could uh, look across the table and be empathetic and say, he's not an asshole, he's just afraid. And so I was able to interact with him in a way that could calm his fears. And so um, all of those things are spiritual awakenings or spiritual experiences, uh, depending on how you define it. And um, none of, the only thing I was looking for when I was came, came here was the first one. Like, I just wanted to not pick up a drink. Mm -hmm. So um, the rest of it is, you know, promises. So it's good to be here, guys. Thank you, John. You know, one minute we're ready. We fucked up. I said it like a minute and a half. Hey, guys, I'm Sean. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Sean. But, um, you know, when I came, I'm glad my sponsor didn't lead with, like, like he led with, this is the deal. You're going to call me once a day. You're gonna read this assignment. We're gonna meet once a week. I'm gonna read it to you. When it's time to write, we'll write. When it's time to pray, we'll pray. And when you're done, <coughs> your only job is to carry this message to the other alcoholic. And then at the end of it, like I'm like thinking about what my return is, and I'm glad he didn't say, "Oh, you're gonna have a spiritual awakening." Like I'm like, what the fuck? You know, it's not what I want. Like I didn't know that when I first came into these rooms. You know, I just wanted to be happy. You know, joyous and free from alcohol. You know, and that's how he led. You know, and then slowly though, I love how you you work through the steps. And before I know it, I get to step twelve, and it's like having had a spiritual awakening as a result of working these steps. We try our best to carry this message to the sick and suffering alcoholic slash, you know, practice these principles in all of our affairs. You know, and when and I'm like, and now I know what that means. Like I truly know what that means to have a psychic change. You know, to to understand that I just said something and I need to apologize, you know, or to even what's a spiritual experience is to just not say anything, you know, sometimes, you know, and, and like those are the little spiritual experiences that happen every day, you know, and the spiritual awakening, you know, like bright light, not, you know, I had one time where I remember I didn't think about alcohol all day or Adderall, you know, and I'm like, holy shit, that's a spiritual awakening, like, that's how it felt, you know, and that is a miracle. Um, you know, I got to go to a high school union this high school union this past weekend with all the people that I stole, drank, and everything. You know, all of the above with, and I got to freely walk amongst those people, a different person. You know, and that's a spiritual experience. 
You know, I'm not that same person I was 20 years ago. You know, I'm not trying to profit. I'm not telling any motives to hang out with these people that I genuinely care how their how their lives are going today. You know, and uh, it, this this book, thank you. This you know this book, these steps. You know, seeing your experiences. You know, it's it's it's, it's just spiritual. It really is. You know, and I think one of the most amazing thing I get to keep feeling that because I had a result of doing it to carry it to somebody else. You know, and when you get to see somebody else's, you know, light go on, you know, when you start to realize that, you know, see them act differently around <coughs> us, you know, to see their their shares change from it's all about me to, oh my gosh, they're helping other people and they're at work and they have to, you know, you need stuff. That's a spiritual experience for me. You know, and um, as, as, as a result of working those 12 steps, as you said, you know. So, thanks guys. Thanks, John. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Stephen Michael. I just need hey. to say something real quick. Um, I just have been thinking about, uh, I'm going through the uh, fourth step again, and uh, I didn't realize how many resentments that I had built up over the last few years. And, um, but putting them on, on paper, um, and working through the process, you know, I just kind of just felt so much more free. Mm. You know, like, okay, now I'm released from that. And, and it makes me think of the second step, you know, restores to sanity. And for me, you know, I probably didn't know what sanity was since the age of 12. Um, but, um, you know, it's dawning on now what it means to be a little bit more, um, a little bit more sane. I mean, like, I would have the weirdest... Uh, assumptions about things and about my relationships with other people and stuff like that and it was just it was insane and because um, it was completely wrong and um, so now I just am thinking a lot a lot clearer because I'm getting rid of these resentments I'm identifying the fears and uh, I'm making amends where I need to and that brings sanity and that, to me, is a spiritual awakening. So, anyway, I'll pass. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. My name's Matt. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. Thank you, Terry. Uh, a great topic. I had a, a conference this past weekend for work, and I was in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, I'm just so grateful... I'm coming up on five years sober from drugs and alcohol, and it's, uh, you know, there, four years ago and earlier, I, I was just, I couldn't go to a work function and walk around without a drink, you know, or without something like a Sprite with a lime in there so nobody knew I wasn't drinking, you know, and, and today I don't really care. <laughs> I really don't care what people think about what I'm holding in my hand. Because they don't, they re, they really don't care, <laughs> and and people told me that when I first came in here, but I didn't believe them. I thought everybody was worried about what I was drinking, but, um, and I had a few coworkers that were, you know, that told me one on one, you know, man, I'm I'm really proud of you that for, yeah, you know, going out with us, uh, for the happy hours or whatever, and not drinking, and and, and just kind of like acknowledging that, yeah, somebody can actually do that. I think some of those guys. Didn't, don't believe people can do that. And 
Um, one guy was like, you, you don't, you're not, you're not triggered to have one. Like, you don't really want to have a drink or a shot or a bourbon or. And I was just like, no, not at all, you know, not at all. Um, and and pulling up, my wife got to go with me on this trip, but pulling up as we pulled into the valet area of this big old hotel, right across the street was a strip club. <laughs> and I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, boy. You know, back in the day, that would be right where I was. And, and I just know, like, a big flock of guys that were there without their wives, you know, went right across the street. And um, just thinking back on, on those days. And there's been a couple recent times over the last couple of weeks where even, like, at a nice dinner with my wife, she might put her drink down, and we were on this small table, like a quarter of the size of this table. And there was a, one little light, and... The way we sat down, her drink ended up like in front of me and my water was kind of over in front of her and just sitting there looking at the menu like there was a liquor drink, you know, and I'm just like, yeah, I just didn't say anything, but I like, just slid it over to her side of the table, you know, like little things like that I, I, I couldn't have done or I, I wouldn't have done, um, not, not moving it, just the fact that I don't, I don't, somebody said early on, like, in recovery, you don't have to explain anything to anybody about anything at all, <laughs> you know. And uh, so I don't have to explain any, to anybody at work functions why I'm not drinking. I don't have to explain to my wife why I don't want to sit there with her wine or her drink right in front of my face, you know. I don't have to explain her to her if I watch if she puts on a movie and it's triggering to me and I want to change it. I don't have to explain it. I just say, hey, can we watch something else? I don't have to go through all that uh, drama in my head about. You know, it, it's just what I have to do for my sobriety. And uh, it, from a spiritual experience standpoint, like today I'm driving to meetings to a sales appointment and I'm saying the third step prayer and I don't even realize it. You know, <laughs> I'm just saying the third step prayer, like asking for God to remove these barriers in front of me, take away my, you know, my, my problems. Um, that's a spiritual experience. And, and every step along the way as I was working the steps, I didn't realize I was having a spiritual experience, but looking back on it, every one of them was a spiritual experience. Um, you know, restoring myself to sanity, turning my will over to higher power. Uh, I was just working the steps because I wanted to stay sober. But l- looking back on it now, like every one of them was a spiritual experience. So I'm grateful to be here. I'll pass. Thank you. Got for time for two more. Sit on alcoholics. You know, I think the spiritual experience for me is when I first came in here, I was the only reason I would I would associate with anybody was, you know, what how can I get something from you that can get me high or who can I go hang out with to you know drink with me or you know anything that was all about me and I feel like coming into this program you know work these steps and you know do a bunch of things that I don't want to do almost every single one of them you know (laughs) admitting my life is unmanageable that was that, that took me probably nine months, and, uh, well, probably longer than that, two relapses at 90 days each, but, you know, 
Um, it took a long time for me to admit that, but you know, going through these steps and doing the things that I don't want to do, that I've been told are going to keep me sober and are going to make me happy in life, you know, I've done them. And I've, I, I kind of took blind faith with it because, you know, at heart, I'm a, I'm a skeptic with everything. You know, i got to know why. You know, I'd ask Ryan, they say, oh, read the traditions. I'm like, that doesn't explain why. I, I don't know how it works. But I did it, and today I find myself going to meetings on pretty much a daily basis, talking with other alcoholics, um, going through the book with other alcoholics, and uh, you know, asking for nothing in return. And for me, um, yeah, doing the work and not expecting a certain result. Well. Not result, result, but a, a certain thing that I want, just accepting whatever I get is what I need. That's kind of the ex, the spiritual experience for me. And uh, one minute. Yeah, thank you. And uh, oh no, I think it's just been. I don't know how I got there, but uh, it sure is a design for it. You know, there's twelve steps, so I guess that's the way I did it. And uh, that's all I got. Thanks for letting me share, guys. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks. One more. Brody. Brody. I don't have anything very insightful um, to say really about spiritual awakening um, or experience um, because I haven't you know, frankly, haven't been through all the steps. Um, I, you know, I think about them a lot, um, but I'm really good at procrastinating, and I, I don't really know why. I think when um, Tyler was sharing the, the kind of the example of it's like baking a cake earlier, it's like I got to the part where I've made the cookie dough, and like that tastes good enough for me, so I'm just eating the raw cookie dough, you know, because it's, it's good enough, I guess. Um, but, I mean, sooner or later, I'm probably going to get salmonella from eating raw eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, actually bake the cake. Um, so, and, you know, part of that has been because, like, my life has gotten a lot better just by the fact that I'm not drinking and drugging every day and sneaking around and lying and, you know, trying to live two different lives. Um but I, but I know in the back of my mind, you know, the, 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 real, the real promises, you know, aren't, haven't happened for me yet. Um, and so, you know, tonight's meeting was just like a really great reminder, you know, of, of why I need to, you know, push forward and, um, <clears throat> and work through the steps and, and really, you know, experience all that, you know, the, that this promises us. Um, because you know, that is what I want, and I don't want to have to wait for you know a, a disaster or a relapse or something to, to motivate me again. Um, so um, really, it's a good reminder meeting for me, and I appreciate the topic in the week. Awesome. Thank you, Brody. Thank you, Brody. <clears throat> That's about all the time we have tonight. If you needed to share and didn't get a chance to share, please speak with me or one of our home group members after the meeting. Here at this meeting, we believe in working the steps with a sponsor. Will all those who have worked the steps with a sponsor and are willing to be a sponsor, please raise your hand. If you are looking for a sponsor, please see one of these members after the meeting.
Seventh tradition. The seventh tradition states there are no dues or fees for a membership, but your voluntary contributions are greatly appreciated. I have passed the basket. Here at All In, we also have a Venmo account that you can donate to if you don't have cash. <laughs> the account name is at All In Columbia. Again, that's at All In Columbia. The chips, I have asked the, um, Paul to give out the chips. Here today, in this group, we use a chip system to mark your time in sobriety. Our favorite chip, actually, our least favorite chip. Uh, the white chip, I will offer first. Anybody for white chip? You sure? Come on up. Um, all right, for 30 days, we have a silver chip. And for 60 days, we have a doo doo brown chip. Mm -hmm. 90 day bread chip, uh, yellow chip for six months, green months for nine, and birthdays. White chip one more time. All right. Thank you. Are there are there any announcements related to AA? Brett, alcoholic. Hey, Brett. Number one, if you'd like to make this your home group. See me, I'll add you to the list. Um, number two, our next group conference is February 28th. We'll be discussing some things. Hopefully, we have some things sorted for the retreat. And then um, our next speaker meeting is April 25th. That's a long way away. I don't need to say anything about that. Um, Gabe and I are going to go to a potential. Hopefully, like we're a lot more closer to actually doing it. Um, a, a place to take a meeting. Um, we're going Thursday night, um, and it's possibly going to replace the meeting that we take the week of. And we're hoping that week is just going to start their own meeting. It'll just kind of work out a little bit better that way with some of the things that's been going on. Um, so we'll report back on that next week, and then. Do still take week, meetings a week though, and the next meeting is on the 23rd. Their calendar has all the dates highlighted, so if you would like to take that meeting, you can sign up on the calendar. And then I think that's all I have. Thanks, Thanks Brett. Brett. You got the charm, and that's all. Hey, Sean. So the Shane and Happy Hour group is having its tri annual covered disc supper and speaker meeting. So on March 10th, which is a Friday at 5 30, they'll be doing some food. And then uh, at six o'clock there'll be the speaker and it's Margaret B and she is uh, she steered that first meeting and started it. All right, anybody else? <laughs> we have literature and we have bookmarks. We have coins for cot uh, coin for. Coins for cons, not toys for tots. Coins for cons. And uh, the retreat is April 21st to the 23rd, the day after 420. It's a good way to remember it. Uh, okay, anybody else? Please keep in mind Tradition 12, respecting the anonymity of each of us. Please join me in closing with the Shredi Prayer. <laughs> God, 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 grant us the serenity 
to accept the things I cannot change, courage change the things I can, or the wisdom to know the difference. Keep coming back. Okay.